As you find a seat this morning, I invite you to open to John chapter 8, the Gospel of John, the 8th chapter. And uh, to, to our guests or to you long timers here, if you don't have a copy of the Bible and you'd like to have one, I would love to give you one. Uh, we believe the greatest gift that we can invest in anybody uh, would be the gift of God's Word. Uh, so I know everybody loves to access it digitally, which is great because you have so many options of translations. But if you yearn for a copy, a printed copy of the Bible, let me know. We'd love to give you a copy of it. This morning we're in John chapter 8. This message uh, is about freedom. In fact, the next three weeks is about freedom. Uh, we, we know that the month of July, for those of us in our culture and in our context, the United States of America, we're thinking about freedom. We're getting ready for July the 4th, Independence Day celebrations. And so all of our thinking is geared towards freedom. So I'm piggybacking on that. And, and I'm thinking about that theme. And we're going to be looking at a message titled Free Indeed. And when I ask you this morning, do you know if you're free? We're going to be thinking about that over the next three weeks. We're going to be asking that question and studying about biblical freedom. Not just political freedom, but biblical freedom uh, as well. In John chapter 8 this morning, we're going to be looking at an interaction between our Lord Jesus and some people. As you read in the Bible, you'll see that they're called the Jews. These are Jewish people. Uh, and let me tell you a little bit about that. Because I know that we have people here who have been in church for 50 years. We have people here who may be coming to church for the first time today. But I want to tell you a little bit about... Uh, who Jesus is talking to in John chapter 8 when he says that he spoke to the Jewish people. Here's what you need to know quickly about Jewish people. They were religious people. They believed in the existence of God. They grew up in a very religious culture. Their culture was not an atheistic culture. Their culture was very much religious. They believed in the existence of God. They talked to one another about God and God's character and God's sovereignty and, and the essence of God. They went to Bible studies together and they would read the Old Testament scriptures because they didn't have the New Testament yet and they would spend time praying. They were religious folk. And Jesus is talking to them in John chapter 8. And, and, and if you were to read all of John chapter 8, you would see that, that much of John chapter 8 is a very hard teaching that Jesus speaks to these Jewish people. But I want you to notice in verse 31, as we begin our series called Free Indeed, I want you to notice in verse 31 that Jesus begins to talk to these Jewish folks about the importance of being free. And look with me, if you would, in verse 31, it says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. How many of you grew up in church and you know that verse? You may not have known it was John chapter 8, but you heard it before. Some of you are learning this verse for the first time. Uh, it is the most magnificent thing to see the truth set people free. It's one thing to understand it written on a page, but it's a whole other thing to experience it and then to watch other people experience it. It's like no other. And so Jesus said, you'll know my 
uh, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Verse 33, they answered him. Who's they? These Jewish people that he's talking to. They answered him and said, we are the offspring of Abraham and we've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Now the slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now I know that you're the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. I speak of what I've seen with my father and you do what you have heard from your father. Now, there's a lot of things that we could talk about in this text, in this scripture this morning. If you have your notes, you see that this morning, we're going to be thinking about and talking about specific confusions that people had under the umbrella or under the topic of freedom. And and it's important for us to start the series this way because everything that we say after this builds on the idea that people oftentimes need to be freed and they don't even understand it. So if you're making notes this morning, that's actually the first point of confusion for these Jewish people. They didn't even know they needed to be free. I want you to see that this morning in verses 31, 32, and 33. Jesus said to these Jewish folks, these religious people, these people who thought and talked about God. These people who told their kids they need to pray. These people who read the scriptures together. Jesus said to these people, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, you would think, wouldn't you, that being the religious people that they are, that this would have been like a statement that caused them to break out into revival. Like, I didn't know if these Jewish people normally would scream and shout and clap and, and celebrate publicly, but if they did, it seems like that'd be the place that they would, where Jesus is looking at them there in the presence of Jesus, and, and he's teaching them, and he says, listen, uh, if you abide in my word, You'll, be my truly, you'll truly be my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And who doesn't want to be free? Seems like they would be excited about that. But they don't seem very excited because they don't know that they need to be freed. Because in the scripture, if you look in verse 33, it says, they answer Jesus We're the offspring of Abraham and we've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you can become freed? Now, I think it's almost near impossible for me to explain how big of a deal this conversation is. Have you ever had a conversation where you're talking with somebody and all of a sudden the conversation goes in a place that you never expected for it to go? Like, that's happened in my life in, like, cute ways. I remember one time uh, I went to pick up my son, who was in kindergarten or first grade at the time. And uh, we're driving home, and my son says, Dad, uh, there's this kid in my class named Kevin. It's like, okay, what's up with Kevin? He's like, everybody thinks Kevin is awesome. I was like, cool. He's like, I don't think Kevin is awesome. 
All right, well, this conversation took a different turn than I was thinking. It's like everybody says Kevin is so fast. Today I beat Kevin and Duck Duck Goose. And I was like, what are we talking about here? You know, like the, I just wasn't ready for the conversation to go towards Duck Duck Goose. Like I'd been thinking about other things all day long. And all of a sudden, my son is talking about beating this kid at Duck Duck Goose. So I quickly, you know, gained my composure. And I'm like, son, that's great that you beat Kevin at Duck Duck Goose. And now I'm thinking, what do I do here? But, but you know, son, Kevin is made in the image of God. And he is awesome in his own way. And, and my son wasn't having it. He's like, dad, I beat him in Duck Duck Goose, right? And so sometimes conversations just take a turn that you weren't expecting. Uh, And that's a funny way, but here the conversation turns and these guys are not ready for it. It would kind of be like this, all right? Like, let's just say for some reason you were called to court to be a witness. And so you get up on the witness stand and and you do the thing where you swear in and I'm going to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And the attorneys get up and they start asking you questions and you're answering them and you think you're doing this fabulous job. And all of a sudden the attorney says, I have no further questions, your honor. And the attorney sits down and you think that you're about to get up and go back to your seat. And the judge says, okay, well the bailiff now take the witness to jail. And you would think, what? That's not what I was expecting, right? I thought we were doing this, and all of a sudden we're doing this. Hear me when I tell this to you. That is what happened to these men. They were eyeball to eyeball with Jesus. They were talking with him. They were listening to his teaching They probably had watched him heal people of sickness, cast out demons. They probably think everything is going great. And then all of the sudden, Jesus implies that they were slaves and they needed to be set free. And they go, what? Here's the point. These people were literally in the presence of God And they hadn't even figured out yet that they needed the Lord to set them free. Isn't that tragically ironic? And I think for our culture, like I think in our context, and this may not be specifically true for you, but I think that we can all make this leap to our culture There's a lot of people who are religious. There's a lot of people who believe in the existence of God. There's a lot of people who will talk with you about religious things and are happy to have this dialogue with you and and this discourse with you about who they believe God to be, what they believe. They may even study the Bible with you. They, They may even talk about the importance of prayer. But if they're in the very presence of God, they still don't understand that they desperately need to be set free. Why is that? Why is it? How is it that somebody could be a religious person after all these years, right, of all the existence of church, all the existence of the apostles spreading the gospel to all of the lands of the earth, right? All of this Bible knowledge, and there's still people who don't understand that we need to be set free. How can that be 
I'm going to give you a couple of answers, and we're going to look at the second piece of confusion here. But, but one of the reasons that somebody can be religious their whole life and literally be standing in the presence of Jesus and still not understand that they have a desperate, urgent need to be free is because they may have grown up in a church that doesn't preach the gospel. The gospel is that we're sinners and we've been separated from God. And we need peace with God. We, we need to yield our life to the Lord Jesus and experience the reconciliation that happens. I mean, I, I believe so strongly in verse 36 that if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But sometimes people who grow up in the church don't understand that the church is, is more than teaching your kids morality. The church is more than a really great social place to meet friends and have acquaintances and do life together. Now, I hope it's both of those for you, right? I'm not saying those are bad things. Those are good things. But we have to be clear about what Jesus is saying here. He's saying that you can be religious and still not be free in Christ. And I think it's important for us to acknowledge that as we are preparing to celebrate freedom in our country, right? July, celebrate freedom. I want for us to understand that Jesus is talking about a different freedom than political freedom, as important as that is. He's, he's talking about something different. So the first confusion was that these Jewish people who were religious, believed in God and talked about spiritual matters, uh, the first piece of confusion is that they didn't even know they needed to be made free. The second confusion is about the position of power that they have with sin. Look with me again. Now, verse 34, Jesus is so kind. He comes back to the topic. He said, okay, well, let me say this again differently so they'll understand it this time. Uh, you know, sometimes we have to do that uh, as you're interacting with friends, coworkers, kids, or parents, right? I've said it once. They didn't catch that. All right, let me figure out how to say this again. And so Jesus in verse 34 comes back and he seeks to say it again. Because when they say, why do I need to be free? That's an important question for Jesus. He wants to answer that question faithfully for them. And so in verse 34, Jesus comes back to them and he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Now, if, if I paused right now and handed out everybody an index card, everybody gets one, and you all get a pen, all right? I say, okay, pop quiz. Who believes Verse 34. If you believe verse 34 is true, write yes. If you believe it's not true, write no. I would have a sea of yeses. Everybody intellectually believes that everybody who practices sin is a slave to sin. But sometimes in our real practical lives, it doesn't seem like it. Because sometimes in our real practical lives... We, like these Jewish people that were talking to Jesus, get confused about the position of power as it relates to sin. Here's what I mean. Sometimes we see something or we're tempted towards something or we have some type of interaction and we are tempted to respond in a way that doesn't honor the Lord and would be sinful. And we say to ourselves, oh, 
but just this once. Like I'm just going to dip my toe into the lake of sin just a little bit. And if that's how we think about sin, that means that we are in the position of power as it relates to sin. Jesus disagrees. Jesus says, if you practice sin, it will dominate you. You don't just dip my toe in the lake of sin. Because we fall in every time, you see. Jesus says, I want to I clear up the confusion that if you practice sin, you are a slave to sin. You're not in charge. You may think you're in charge. And there may be a season of your life where you feel like you're in charge. And, and you bop along life going, I've got this under control. I've got it. Nobody knows about it. It's all good. I've, I'm just dipping my toe in. Just this once. I had a, a pastor that I kind of grew up underneath and he loved to preach about sin and I loved him for it because sin is just so under talked about uh, in the church today. And he always had this one line about sin. And when we open the Bible to read the scripture for that morning, and I'm telling you this, if the word was sin was there anywhere, I knew that I was going to hear this one sentence. I didn't know if it was in the introduction. I didn't know if it was in the body of the sermon. I didn't know if it was going to be at the conclusion. But I knew it was coming. I would take every dollar that I owned and bet it that I was going to hear that sentence and uh, it was a good sentence, so I took it from him. <laughs> I stole, I borrowed it from him. And I want to share it with you today because I think that it articulates so well what Jesus is saying. It, it, that it, anybody who practices uh, and participates and lives in sin is a slave to sin. This is what he used to say. Sin will take you further than you wanted to go. Hold you longer than you wanted to stay and cost you more than you wanted to pay. And I thought, I'm going to use that one day. <laughs> and I've used it for 20 years now. Sin will take you further than you wanted to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and cost you more than you wanted to pay. But isn't it true that sometimes when we think about our own sinful patterns, Intellectually, we know that verse 34 is accurate. All of our index cards have yes written on them. But isn't it true that sometimes we trick ourselves and we think, I have it under control? No. This is the confusion of freedom that if you are choosing to live contrary to the way that God designed for you to live, the way that God requires for you to live, the way the scripture communicates to us where to live, then we're practicing sin. Jesus says that if we practice sin, we'll be a slave to sin. And I think about how tragically ironic it might be this year, as you and I, this week, get out our old red, white, and blue t-shirts and put them on, fire up the grill, with hot dogs and hamburgers. We get our Spotify playlist filled up with all of those patriotic songs. And I'm for that. I'll do that myself. Because I appreciate the freedom that I have 
as a citizen of the United States of America. I don't take that for granted at all. But think about the tragic irony irony of people who will celebrate freedom this week who are still slaves to sin. Isn't that sad? So I want you to hear me this morning. Put on the red, white, and blue man. Fire up the grill. Sing the patriotic songs, but understand this, that it is possible to be politically free and still a slave spiritually. It's until you have experienced the grace and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, you haven't experienced freedom. And I know that that can be hard for us to swallow. I know that that can be hard for us to get our minds around. Listen, if that's where you're at today, struggling with that thought, you are not the only one. This group of people talking to Jesus could not figure out how to swallow that theological pill. He said, hey, if you abide in my word, you'll be my disciples. And you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And they're going, wait a second. I don't need that. You may be here this morning going, I mean... Yeah, I like Jesus. He said some cool things. Gave us Christmas. Gave us Easter. Like He's done good things in my life. You don't understand. You need Jesus to set you free. And you may be like these Jewish people who are just looking around going, what? Why do I need to be free? I've been reading a lot about freedom getting ready for this series, and I, I want to end this morning with this thought. It's provocative. It's about uh, slick ways that the enemy keeps us enslaved. So if you want to keep somebody imprisoned, enslaved, convince them that they're not. Make it comfortable for them. Make it easy for them to live imprisoned and enslaved lives. And, and spiritually, it's, it's so profound this morning. And so we begin our series. Next week, we're going to be talking exactly what it looks like when we say that the sun sets us free. What is exactly does that mean? How? But today, I wanted for us to prepare ourselves for communion because truly, the sun is the one who sets us free. And I wanted for us to experience a passage where there's religious people who believed in God and probably spent time praying and reading the scripture and still didn't even understand they needed to be set free. Now, if that connects with you in a personal way, I'd love to talk with you after the service about that because I'd love for you to find freedom in Jesus today. But even if you've been walking with Christ for years and years and years, you can understand the predicament of these men that we've studied about this morning. And so you can understand then how this really prepares us to step into a season of communion. We will receive the bread and the juice, reminds us of the broken body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because if the Son has set you free, then you are free indeed. I want to ask you to bow with me this morning as we close our time.
time of message today. And just between you and the Lord, before we pray corporately, I want to give you some moments to think about this interaction that Jesus had with these Jewish people. And understand that over 2,000 years later, this, this still happens. People still struggle to understand their personal, urgent need to be set free by Jesus. Lord, I close by thanking you for the struggle that we experience in trying to understand faith. You grow us so much in the unknown and in the working out of these theological questions that we bump up against in everyday life. And Lord, I am comforted that here in this scripture, Jesus made a profound truth And people struggled with it because I struggle sometimes with your profound truths. And I want to close this morning, Lord, by praying for my friends who are here this morning who might fit just perfectly the characterization of these Jewish people who are religious, believe in God, understand the importance of the scripture but have never thought to themselves, I need to be saved. I need to be set free. And so as your spirit, Lord, reveals that to people this morning, we pray for them. We pray that this would be the day that they find freedom in Christ. We thank you for them, that they're here this morning seeking to learn more about how to grow in their faith. Lord, as we turn our attention to communion, as we begin to think in a very focused way about the one who freed us, about the act that freed us, the cross, give us the ability to step into this moment with just tremendous worship and focus and appreciation for your sacrifice on the cross. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.